Attention Northwest Arkansas businesses and talent seekers. Introducing Onboard NWA.com, your hyperlocal job board crafted for our unique community. Struggling to find the perfect match for your job openings? Onboard NWA simplifies the hiring process, connecting you with the region's top talent through tailored talent matching solutions. Whether you're an employer seeking expertise or a professional looking for your next opportunity, Onboard NWA is here for you. Discover more at onboardnwa.com and let's build the future of Northwest Arkansas together. Northwest Arkansas, Randy here, bringing you a quick word from our sponsor, Signature Bank of Arkansas. Since 2005, Signature Bank has been all about empowering our community with local ownership and top-notch banking services. Signature Bank's roots run deep with assets over a billion dollars, and they're right here in your backyard with branches in Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, and now including Harrison and Jonesboro. With a growing family of more than 200 teammates, they're ready to serve you with the warmth only a true community bank can offer. And they've got Banco C, the first bilingual bank in Arkansas, to ensure that banking is for everyone. So give Signature Bank a call at 479-684-3700 or visit Signature.Bank online. Mention you heard about them on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast for that personal touch. Signature Bank of Arkansas. Big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. It's time for another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast covering the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life in general here in the Ozarks. Whether you are considering a move to this area or trying to learn more about the place you call home, we've got something special for you. Here's our host, Randy Wilburn. Hey folks, and welcome back to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I'm excited to be with you today, as I always am. This is a special time of year when when we are recording this podcast. It is during the holiday season. There's usually a lot of activity. It's it's super cold outside, but I'm warm inside, and and I'm here with a very, very dear friend of mine, and his name is Mark Zweig, and, and Mark is I call him a a business savant, if I can use that word. That's what I call it. But he's more than that. He's really just a friend of mine. He is a friend of mine. He just happens to be really good at business. And, you know, I've mentioned his name on the podcast many a times because honestly, he is the reason why I'm doing this podcast. He's the reason why I'm in Northwest Arkansas. So I always throw, I always throw some stuff his way just because I appreciate the simple fact that he gave me an opportunity to re-engage with an industry that I had worked in for several years and had a lot of success in, which is the design industry. 
he was the owner of Zweig White and Associates, which then became Zweig Group, a company that he pulled out of the embers and ashes, if you will, back in the early you know, 2010 thereabouts and restored it. And now it's doing fabulously well under the leadership of Chad Kleinens and Jamie Claire Kaiser and so many others that are over at that organization. But you know, Mark has forgotten more than most of us know when it comes to business. So. I've forgotten a lot. I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> so, I've definitely so, forgotten a lot. Yeah. So I figured, you know what, <laughs> let me have him on this podcast because, you know, we like to focus on the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life. And so today is an episode about entrepreneurship. It will be a little bit about life as well, but um, I know Mark has some lessons to share and we want to highlight his book, Confessions of an Entrepreneur, Simple Wisdom for Starting Building and Running a Business by Mark C. Zweig. Mark, how are you doing? Hey, after that introduction, my <laughs> head is so big. I'm not sure I can stay in the same room with you, buddy. No, it's all um, good. It's no, all... we are Northwest Arkansas. Right. We should call that That's uh, right. <laughs> this podcast. But yeah, I'm sorry. You can either blame me or thank me for bringing you here. But one way or the other, here we are, and we both love it in uh, Northwest Arkansas, even on these cold days, because we know in a very short time, we're going to have a nice 70 degree day again, exactly. right in the middle of the winter. Exactly. Okay? Yeah. So. And you and I both lived in New England and, you know, we don't get those up there. <laughs> no. Okay. No, no. So. I tried to explain to somebody, for those of you that are just moving to Northwest Arkansas, what you don't have to worry about is multiple, multiple successive days of like 10 degree weather or like sub-zero weather. Yeah. But I remember <laughs> one January in 2005, right after my son was born, it never got above zero for 38 oh, days in a row. That sounds like hell on earth, it, buddy. I'm sorry. It really does. So. Yeah. I yeah. remember, well, when we sold the, the business in September of 2004, it was the first winter. I was really home a lot when we lived up there in Boston, not yeah. from there originally, but lived there for 16 plus years. And I was like, oh my God, this is what you people are going through? Because I always traveled so much. <laughs> right, I'd be in California, right. Florida, right. You know, Texas, all these places where it was warm. And it was just like, I can't, we got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, well, you, you certainly made the right decision. And, and, you know, I was actually just up in New England a couple of weeks ago, and it's always nice to visit up there. There's family up there. There's great seafood up there. There's a, there's a lot to oh, have. There there's is. a lot to do up there. And I always tell people, if you're going to visit, visit in the summertime or in the fall. Fall foliage is absolutely amazing. But no, we're talking about Northwest Arkansas here. So, right. you know, this is there's a lot of things that make this place special. But certainly one of the things that I think stands out, which a lot of people sometimes forget, is that Northwest Arkansas is home to a fabulous land-grant-based university. That's the right. University of Arkansas. and it was founded in the you know in the late 1800s and has has continued to grow and become a research institution there's a lot happening but one of the things that the University of Arkansas has is the Walton College of Business named after Sam Walton and certainly we you know not I won't say that the ghost of Sam Walton walks those halls but his presence and and the impact that he has had on Northwest Arkansas from an entrepreneurial standpoint is palpable. Yes. You, one could say that he was probably the most influential person on this area. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, as far as really making this place what it is today, because yeah. without Walmart and the Walton family, we wouldn't be where we are today. Yeah. And all the other companies that came along with Walmart, the great Tyson, J.B. Hunt, and so many others. 
that support Walmart. So yeah, Sam, Sam was an amazing guy. I met him once. I don't know if I told you that. No, I didn't um, know that. It was 85 or 86 in Fort Worth with Jerry Allen at Carter and Burgess. And we designed the first Sam's Warehouse store that was built in Texas. I, it was in somewhere in the mid cities area. And we went to the grand opening of that thing. We didn't do the whole store. I, I take that. We did the site engineering for the store. Okay. Okay. But we got to see the full dog and pony show with Sam Walton. And, the, you know, it was like a vaudeville act. Back yeah. Then. It was a big deal. It really was unbelievable. Yeah. And I was so impressed with his posture. <laughs> you know, that's what I remember. The guy really, my dad would have loved him because he had good posture. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, I listened. So I read his biography when I, several years ago. Then I reread it once I moved here, right? Because I wanted mm -hmm. to have a better understanding. Yeah. And there's some amazing stories in there about just his ability to, he had staying power. Like, yeah. like he would go someplace and be there from sunup to sundown. He would do what he had to do. I mean, nobody could keep up with him when it came to visiting stores, yep. to connecting with vendors. And, you know, he was an unbelievable guy. Yeah, he really was. He was so. super motivated and he was a man of the people. He really tried not to differentiate himself from everybody else by his cars, you know, his old truck, his, the way he dressed. I just remember seeing him. He had a magic marker written button that said Sam on it <laughs> and Walmart pants and Walmart shoes. And, you know, he just was, was a down to earth guy. But anyway, yeah, he certainly gave an enormous gift to the Walton college. Well, as his family did, yeah. um, it was renamed the Walton college and of business. And in any case, I can't, I don't know if Sam was still alive when that gift was made or not. That's terrible. I, I want to say he that. passed away in 94. I thought it was some 94 or 97. I don't remember. But in any case, the gift was made and it has definitely put the Walton College, gave us a, a tremendous, you know, resource base and many others have given since. And we just continue to grow. When I started teaching there in 2000, I think it was January of 05 is actually when I started teaching, but it was either 04 or 05, fall of 04 or or spring semester 05. But it's one of the things that happens when you get old, as you said. I've forgotten a lot. <laughs> right. But no, I, I flew down one night a week from Boston to teach my class. But at that time, I was the only undergrad professor teaching entrepreneurship. And today I'm in a department that has, I think, about 28 or 29 people. Wow which is strategy, entrepreneurship, and venture innovation. We split off from management a couple of years ago. Okay. And it's just so much going on at the Walton College. I mean, we are just doubling in size every two or three years. It certainly feels like that. We have so many new students and so many new offerings and so many new programs, you know, like our outdoor recreation program where people can get a degree and specialize in outdoor recreation businesses retail, you know, as far as supply chain, number one in the United States yeah, yeah. for supply chain. Um, we've just got some really great people and some, and we're just getting better all the time. Yeah. Um, really great MBA program. We've got a PhD program and we're doing so much for our students. Um, those that, who want to take advantage of the opportunities really have a lot of resources now. Yeah. What is, uh, do you remember the original call that you got? Or I guess, did somebody just reach out to you and say, hey, would you want to come to? 
Oh, no. I'll tell you how I got this gig. When I knew that I was selling the company back in 2004 to the right. private equity firm, mm -hmm. I wanted to be a professor. Well, before I started that company, I was either going to start that business or I was going to go back to school and get my PhD. That was my plan all along. But I was kind of forced into starting the business rather unexpectedly, <laughs> uh, let's say. So I didn't go get the PhD. But no, that's what I wanted to do. So I started looking around and I had connections at Georgia Tech because I taught down there okay. for a week every year. I had connections at KU. I had a friend of mine who was the dean of the School of Architecture there and I was on a board with him at John Gaunt at LRB Beckett. I had connections for University of Missouri, Columbia, where my brother was on the medical school faculty. He just retired as the dean of the medical school there a couple months ago. I had connections at University of Wisconsin in Madison. And so those were the places. And then here, of course, I was on the board of the College of Business of SIU Carbondale. And while I was there, we hired a guy named Dan Worrell. Dan knew Doyle Williams, who was the dean of the College of Business here. He had done an AACSB peer review on I don't know if he either he either did one with Doyle or did one on the Walton College. So Dan and I became friends and Dan put me in touch with Doyle Williams. And so I spoke with Doyle. Well, I was down here. Ex-wife's family lived here in Northwest Arkansas. They lived in Bella Vista. They live in Fayetteville now. But um, and so we came down here to see him and I went by and saw Doyle Williams. And, you know, Doyle said, well, next time you're here, come see me. So I did. And he hired me on the spot. Hmm. And that's how I started teaching here. I just had one class. I was adjunct and I one night a week. And uh, we bought a house here in 2004. And so it really worked out well for us. You know, I was working on that house, redoing it. It was the guy who it was A.L. Trent's house. It was kind of a famous guy here in Fayetteville. Used to be called uh, Wilson Park or City Park. Used to be called Trent's Pond. Mm -hmm. We had Trent's house. And so I would fly down here, I would teach my class on a Monday night, work on the house for a couple of days, and then go back. And it just worked out really well. You know, I really sort of figured out that Northwest Arkansas is just a super entrepreneurial area. We've got everything here. I always say we're not the best for any one thing, but we're the best overall quality of life. Yeah. You know, it's just so easy living here. I mean, when you think about the traffic, the air quality, the water quality, decent public school system, you know, it's just, it's an entrepreneurial area and people are generally really nice here. Yeah. You know, I was just talking with my wife about that the other day. It's like, how many people can claim they go into the post office and they like the people behind the counter? <laughs> I like them here. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. they're all really nice. Um, they chat you up. Yeah. They ask you questions. And, and when they it's, ask you questions, it's not, just as a matter of course of just conversation, it's like they legitimately want to know. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, you're serious. You want to know what I, what plans do I have for the holidays? <laughs> well, this is what we're going to do. And then you it, start. It's true. <laughs> I mean, it's like all the people in line. I was over there yesterday sending some copies of my book out to yeah. people and just everybody in line is talking. And it's just, that's what makes this place so nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's just one of a million interactions I have every day with nice people here in Northwest Arkansas. And I think it's a particularly welcoming place for outsiders. You know, 
I've lived in a lot of places, grew up in St. Louis, went to school in Illinois, lived in Memphis, lived in DFW area, lived in Boston, here, had offices and traveled extensively throughout the United States and somewhat outside of the U.S. And I just think it's a really unusual place from the standpoint of just how enjoyable the people are for the most part. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know? I mean, is it, I say it all the time on this podcast and, and you know, we have what I would say are an embarrassment of riches here doesn't mean that the place is perfect, right? Because no right. place no, is perfect. Not. But we are aware of some of our challenges, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we're trying to fix them. <laughs> and so at least we're not just sitting there like, oh, yeah, everything's fine. We'll just sweep it under the rug. So right. we will tr- try to address it. But what I wanted to talk to you about, and you teased sure. it a little bit, is Confessions of an Entrepreneur, which is right. your book. Again, Simple Wisdom for Starting, Building, and Running a Business. It's out in, um, from Epic Books which I believe is part of the University of Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, So it's a press there. And, Mm -hmm. you know, this is, you know, for those of you that are listening to this, I mean, I'm just familiar with Mark's writing for years. And and it's one of the reasons why we even started a podcast with the old company that he was an owner of, Zwei Group. We started a podcast there called the Zwei Letter Podcast, just to highlight his writing and and just give him just to amplify his voice but i mean mark's a fabulous writer and and he finally finally wrote an all purpose what i would call general practitioner's book handbook for how to get a business started as i read through this book you know i realized that there is a little bit of quality information under every subject that you talk about in here, which is really kind of, you know, it's kind of helpful. Yeah, no, no. And I want to just read one of the, you know, how when you get, when you do these books, you typically reach out to people and say, hey, will you read this book? Will you write something about it? And and so Bob Lutz, who was actually the former vice chairman of General Motors, wrote this. And this really, in my mind, captures the essence of what this book is all about. He says, I highly recommend this book to anyone thinking of creating their own business. Mark Zweig has a well-deserved record of success as an entrepreneur, and he shares from his vast knowledge and experience. It's filled with practical how-to advice, and he never fails to emphasize the key traits common to success, a positive belief in the idea and a willingness to take the necessary risk, an extremely valuable book for anyone with driving ambition to create a successful business. I mean, that is a great, I mean, that's a, that's a, well, I, I mean, was lucky that Bob gave me that quote. Yeah. I was, when I read that, I was like, man, how do you get that quote? Because that, I know Bob. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's all good. <laughs> He's the so. coolest guy. You know, I mean, I'm a car guy. Right. He's exactly. Like the, he was the car guy's auto executive. He was on the boards of Ford, Chrysler, GM, and BMW. Right. Nobody else can claim that. He's got two jet fighter planes of his own. Does he really? Yeah. He's 90 years old now. Mm, that's, but, I uh, love that. I he love wrote that. a great book, by the way. It's called Car Guys versus Bean Counters. Oh, okay. And basically what's wrong with the auto industry in his impression, in his opinion, was the bean counters took over. Yeah. Instead of people who had a real passion for cars, which he always had. Sure, sure. You know, and I, yeah. I, there's a lot of truth to that. There is. I think in the auto industry, is it's in a very unique place right now. It's really going through a renaissance. It is. Way. It really is. When you think of the number of electric vehicles yeah. that are going to be made in this country over the years and how even GM it's right changing now is everything. like, I mean, like the Chevy Bolts is one of the most popular electric vehicles out now. But you and, can't park it over there, over there at XNA. When you go to check into the parking deck, it says you, if you have a Chevy Volt. 
Really? They won't let you park there because they catch on fire, I think. Oh, okay. So, well, yeah, it's, yeah. A Chevy, it's one of the Chevy electric cars. <laughs> I hope yeah. I'm not speaking out of turn. <laughs> right. Well, we'll, we'll I know Bob was big on the <laughs> electric vehicles. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the um, back on the book, though, you know, I, it's always been a recurring theme with me. So I forgive me if I sound repetitive here, but I think there are so many sort of, you know, misconceptions about what entrepreneurship is and needs to be. I think most people think that you have to start a new business. You don't. You could go buy one. Yeah. Um, you can buy a franchise. You can be an entrepreneur and have multiple franchises. Like my friend Mike Stennett here in Fayetteville, who owns, you know, I don't know how many steak and shakes now. I think he's got 12 steak and shakes and three Dickies barbecues. Yeah. And he's he started with one and he started with one and started you tell his one. story in the book. That's yeah. the other thing I love is yeah. that you have weaved and knitted together like a story for each of these different, different topics that you'd come up with. And so the, just for people that are listening, I mean, Mark talks about the before the beginning, right? Because, I mean, you have to begin with the end in mind. You have yeah. to think about what you're actually trying to do. What do you want? Some people don't want the kind of business where they have to be beholden to it 24-7, right. 365. Some people want something that's kind of like set it and forget it. And yeah. Not totally forget it, but but you get no. the idea. It's just like, you know, I can do that. I have some friends that have some vending machine businesses. Sure. I mean- it's my kids could run that business for them. Uh, no, I understand. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, it's it's that it's, straightforward. So, but yeah, you're right. Though, well, I mean, people start businesses for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, and that's another one of the misconceptions that I is a pet peeve of mine is the idea that well, if I have a business, you're going to be a slave. You can't have <laughs> any family life. You won't do anything else. And you see these quote startup gurus preaching this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I won't argue that there are some people who have done that who've been unbelievably successful. You know, you could take a look at Elon Musk and 120 hour work weeks or whatever. But I don't think it's necessary. I do think there's plenty of businesses that people can create that will create good jobs and give them the lifestyle that they want and do something good for society where they don't necessarily have to kill themselves and can still have a life. In fact, to me, the best aspect of business ownership is that you can have a life. Right, right. Okay. Right. That's the best part about it. I mean, you understand that <laughs> self-employment. I mean, you can be there at your kid's birthday party. <laughs> exactly, you know what I mean? You're exactly. Exactly. It's, it just I think, gives you flexibility that you don't have if you're in corporate America or in some kind of a job that you can't get away from. Yeah. does, And it does give you that flexibility. The one thing that you do have to be is disciplined, though. Oh, yeah. You, you have to. You've got and it. I remember you telling stories yeah. about how you started Zweig White and Associates. And I always say it was in the garage of your home in Natick, but maybe it was in the back of the house. It was in the right? back. It was, it was a two-family. Yeah, I had a little a- tiny two-room apartment. It was about the size of this gym that we're in right now <laughs> right. in our house. Yeah. That's about how big it was. But the, but all great businesses have their inauspicious start that way, you know, yeah. just kind of grinding it out. Then you were on like the second floor of a of an office space in downtown Natick, That's Massachusetts. That's right. Above Russ's then, lunch. You yeah. remember that? Yes. Well, I wasn't there, but you've told me enough stories about it. And so I was certainly, yeah. you know, I'm aware of that. Well, you I, knew where Russ's lunch was. No, though. I knew where Russ's yeah. lunch was. When I came, when I joined the, the team. We were already in Apple Hill. Yeah. Uh, you were already in Apple Hill, yeah. which has actually changed a lot since then. It's so. all math works. Yeah. On the entire complex. It's, it's amazing. Amazing yeah. entrepreneurial company. One of my friends was the CFO of that. A very successful company. Yeah. Yeah. Very successful company. So, but so now you, and the thing I love about this is that you kind of break this book out to like 
Before you start your business, things to think about, then you, as you get into running your business, all of the foundational things that you can't ignore, like, you know, accounting. Yeah. And, you know, you got to know it. It's the language of business. You got to know accounting. Even if you aren't quote unquote a numbers person or don't like to do public math, you still need to have a general understanding. You You know, I remember I I messaged you one day and I was like, so what should I hyper focus on? And and Mm -hmm. you were just like, you know, if, if nothing else, you need to know all of the different financial forms, all of the different financial models that a small business would would look at on a regular basis. Well, listen, back on the organization of this thing, again, I can't take credit. You know, I always get credit, I think many times, not deservedly so. Stephen Caldwell is a guy I work with on this book. And believe me, well, first off, Matt Waller, the dean of the Walton College, he really supported this effort. And he's the one that put me in touch and and put Stephen Caldwell on the team. Yeah. And it would not be as organized as it is and logical in its in its framework if not for Stephen because that guy, he's an amazing talent. I mean, yeah. he just gets it and plus he cracks the whip and if there's anything missing he goes, "Now you got to write this," you know. <laughs> it's really really good working with that guy and he's so helpful. Well, it gives you a different, so, a new appreciation for what goes into writing a book, yeah. right? And it's always a team effort, you know, yeah. make no mistake about it. But your thumbprint is all over this book. Well, yeah, I mean, the content, the basic content was yeah. all created by me. But, you know, you could say, well, is there anything really new or profound in there? Maybe some people would think there isn't. But again, you know, I'm not all about trying to make this stuff look hard. That's the thing I keep trying to get across as much as any other message, is that anyone can do it. Anyone can be an entrepreneur if that's what they really want to do. Yeah, There's no barriers on age, sex, race, whatever. Yeah, You can have 50 bucks and start a business and actually make a lot of money. You know, (laughs) I had a student do it once. I I said to this, you know, we had this little exercise. What if you have $100 in a pickup? What business can you start? He came up with window washing and about six or eight weeks after he started it, he said, my God, I've never made this much money. He was making like seven or $8,000 a month. Really? Yeah. Just window washing. Just window washing. He had three other guys working for him. He's like, this is unbelievable. (laughs) Okay. I mean, so, you know, and he did it with like 50 bucks. Yeah. So anybody can do it. It's not that hard. It's not brain surgery. It's not rocket science and all the other cliches. And I think the other thing is it's not as risky as people think. It certainly doesn't need to be. Now, sure, sure, there are some businesses that are very capital intense. It takes a lot of money to get started. Maybe you want to do one of those or maybe maybe you don't. Maybe you should start out with something that doesn't take a, a lot of money to get started. But I always feel like in any business, Owning it is less risky than being an employee, where, as we both know, you can get fired due to no fault of your own. Yeah, The company could be in bad shape financially. Somebody could have a new strategic plan that says, we're going to outsource that. <laughs> I mean, there's a million things that can happen. Yeah, And you could be doing your job and earning your way and still end up unemployed. It's like you've got one client or customer and it's the place that you're employed by. Yeah. And when you got your own business, you can lose a client or customer and you can still be in business. You know, it's so fundamental to me. It is. And, you know, you, but at the same time, and I like how in the, even in the book you talked about, if you're going to work a job, here are some ways that you can leverage that 
experience as well, right? right. Where I, you where you can operate with where they call it an entrepreneur. Yes. Where you can have an entrepreneurial mindset, but within the four oh, corners yeah. of, of an existing business. Absolutely. I mean, I think all the skills that we teach at the Walton College and our entrepreneurship classes, they are applicable even in large organizations because you got to pitch your ideas to people. You got to yeah. get people to go along with it. And you've got to get resources. I mean, those are all things that you have to do when you're an entrepreneur and yeah. get support and build teams find the expertise that you need to accomplish whatever you're trying to do. And you were always so, good at that. I mean, you were always good at building relationships. That is one thing I was good at, I will say. <laughs> so, now, I mean, uh, you were like like you were like legitimate <laughs> friends with most if not all of your clients. That's true. I I love my clients. I mean, <laughs> and you know, I always felt like I never bought into that. You can't be friends with your employee bull. Either. Yeah, right. Because I think that's- Well, another, that's how we became friends. Of course. Yeah, well, that's how we I became mean, friends. I, so. Yeah. I mean, you Why had the corner you? office, but Dora was always open. When you were in town, it was always open. And I was always in there asking well, you a million questions about things. So. Why wouldn't you want to be friends with the people that you work with so you understand what they're going through? Right. And right. they know you better, so they know what you're going through. Yeah. Because we all bring all that stuff to the work environment. Yeah. And you know better what people do well and what they don't do well. And that's the whole goal of all this stuff is get the right people in the right job where they can be successful. Yeah. But yeah, it's, you know, so I do think that a lot of these misconceptions that people have that I got to start a business immediately, I've got to go raise all this capital from outside equity investors Never been a fan of that. Yeah. Never will be. It's given up your company before you're even out of the gate. Exactly. As far as I'm concerned. And, and heaven forbid you do fall upon a, a really good idea. All of a sudden, you you don't hold the lion's share of the business. You don't. And whoever puts the money in is the one that's really got the control over it. And they will dictate what, yep. what they want to see happen. And they may not have the same idea you have. Yeah. Yeah. Or the they same just, They just may have more money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. You so have to be I, mindful of that. So. So, so that's, I think, is a big problem. I think the other thing is that people think they've got to always invent something new. It's like, well, I can't start a business because I don't know anything that I can't think of anything new. Yeah. Who said you have to think of something new? There's no requirements for that. There's tons of businesses out there that people make a lot of money in that aren't doing anything new, but they're doing it a little bit better than the next guy. It's called building a better mousetrap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, better mousetrap or in a location where there's no mousetrap currently. There's just so many opportunities out there to just be, be a little bit better, be a little different. I think and, the difference where the rubber meets the road is for individuals listening to this. It's really the execution of things. Yes, I really believe you that. have to execute properly. And when you are trying to execute and you don't have a group of advisors and other mm -hmm. people that you can lean on for advice or guidance, that's when you run into problems because, you know, you can't build a business in a vacuum. No, nope, you can't. It doesn't work. And you're so right about that. I mean, you know, we were just going back and forth on Twitter the other day about that. And, you know, what's more important, inspiration or execution? And um, my friend, David Penzias, he's like, it's like he was the founder of Wellesley Information Services. I mentioned him and his wife in the book here. And I was talking with David the other day. And uh, David's like, uh, you know, it's like 10% inspiration and 90% execution. He goes, no, it's about 2% inspiration and <laughs> 
98% execution. execution. It, it's so true. There's, you know, I never minded sharing my plan with people. I would, I never, I was never worried somebody's going to steal my idea. I think again, though, that's a misconception about entrepreneurship is it's all about the idea and then raising equity. Yeah. And to me, it's <laughs> almost any idea could work and you want to try to do it so you don't have to raise any outside capital. So let me ask you this. This is just, yeah. a, just a funny question. Just, I, I was just thinking of this as you, as you mentioned that. Do you remember, and, and I don't, maybe it didn't happen, I don't know, mm-hmm. but do you remember the first time that one of your students, when you asked them to tell you about their business, asked you to sign an NDA before? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I, 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 I had this student contact me and he had a business idea. <laughs> and I said, okay, I'll meet you. You know, he wanted to talk to me. He wasn't my student, yeah, but he's yeah. a student. And I meet with a lot of students who are not my students. Right. They seek me out. I go, yeah. sure. So we sit down over there at Slim's um, <laughs> outside Founders Hall. And the guy's like, well, first I need you to sign an NDA. I go, you're kidding me, right? He goes, no, I, that's what my lawyer wants insist that you do. I said, I'm out then. He's like, what? <laughs> I said, how can the world, I'm not going to steal your idea for God's sakes. Yeah. I mean, you're so little trust that right. would be so unethical. Yeah. And I said, I see a million ideas. Okay. Yeah. No, it's yeah. not going to work. I said, you're going to have a problem with people if that's the way you're going to approach this thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I had a situation not long ago, probably a year ago, a woman wanted me to be on her board. And she's a startup, you know, relatively new firm. And I worked out the basic deal with her that was going to make it so, you know, I was doing it for next to nothing. Yeah. And I don't normally sit on boards for nothing. Sure. Okay? I got other things to do with my time. And anyway, the first thing she wanted me to do was sign like an 11 page NDA. And I'm like, you got to be kidding. I'm not going to do it. Really? Yeah, I I refused to do it. And then, you know, several weeks later, she came back and said, well, you know, do you want to do it? I'm, I'll, you don't have to do that. I said, no, I'm not interested now. It just shows a lack of trust. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just not interested I mean, in that. I know people think that they have you know, the next Apple idea or yeah. the next IBM or Microsoft or whatever, but- it's not in this day and age. The next it's, Airbnb. Yeah, the, the next, next Airbnb. Facebook. The next Facebook. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the Facebook. So, right. yeah. No. So, well, and, and that brings me to this question. Since you've had mm-hmm. an opportunity to be exposed to some really, really bright young people. Yes. That have some amazing ideas. I mean, I think about some of the people that you've had come through your classes, both to speak to your class as well as be in your class. I'm thinking yep. of people like Omar Kasem, right? Uh, from Omar Kasem Ventures. I think Mo Elliott yep, from Mo. Fayette Chill. Yep, sold um, it. Was Kirsten Blowers in your class? Or no, was Kirsten was a speaker. She Kirsten was a speaker. I, is an amazing person too. She recently sold her company as well. Did she sell Riff Yeah, I didn't know yeah, that. She did. Okay. She sold it okay. within the last few months. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Which again, you know, that's how I define the difference in an entrepreneurial venture and a small business. Does it have value at the end when you exit? Right. Right. You know, exit strategy is not failure. Yeah. Exit strategy is how do I get out of this so I can go on and do another thing? Yeah. Or do something else with my life now. You know, nobody says just because you make money doing something, you have to do it for the rest of your life. Yeah. Life's long, you know? 
It is. There's and a it, lot of different things. It You've is. done a lot of different things. I have. I have. You know, and it's, you're always interested in different stuff. And yeah. I mean, wouldn't it be boring if, let's say, you decided you were going to be, a, you had your real estate company at one point. I did. What if you just said, I'll just, you know, I'm just going to be a real estate agent. That's all I'll ever do. <laughs> you would have been bored with that. You won't do podcasting. You won't do recruiting. You won't do training for, yeah. um, you know, building relationships and project management and leadership. Right. You won't right. do all these other things you do. You won't be the MC at this event. You won't be on the board of Ozark Natural Foods. Yeah. Um, you'd be bored. It w- I would. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> would be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in your case, you're, if anything, you know, I mean, you are always reaching out, trying to learn something new. Yeah. I mean, yeah. sometimes you drive me crazy with your new technology <laughs> stuff that you jump on. Yeah. I'm just too old. I can't process it. It's like, here's something else. We should be using Slack. Right. I think at one time, you were I'm like, Slack, what the heck do I want that for? I mean, I, I remember when Fred White came to me and said, we've got to get email. I'm like, email? What do we need email for? Oh, you know, little did you know. So how wrong was I? Isn't it funny though how (laughs) some things come full circle? Because now there's like big movement in marketing spaces for sending out letters again. Yeah, like you know, know, like real letters. Like (laughs) I had a student. I just got a business plan from a student team this last semester that was based on sending out handwritten letters for auto dealers. Yeah, direct mail. That was what they. That was one of their services, the basic service that they were going to provide. Okay. And you're absolutely right. It's it's funny how things revert. They come back at some yeah. point. Because I tell you, I swear I will open something that's in my mailbox that looks like it's addressed to me. Me that too, It looks man. like it's not like a normal piece of mail. I'm like, well, what is this? I got to check this out. So, and I've noticed lately- I, I know. Like I, Renewal by Anderson- uh-huh. Hella is pretty good at that. Yep. Um, there are a couple of different businesses that You're get right. me to actually open the mail. I've actually looked at it's it like and read tricked, it. Yeah, but- you are. And then once you get there, you're like, you know what? I got to read this. <laughs> I'm getting <laughs> all these ones from Medicare supplements oh. now. That'll tell you how old I am. Uh, so anyway, but yeah, you're right. It does. Re- um, things do come back. Yeah. So, I would, you know, before we wind up, I, I would love for you maybe just to kind of share some of the things that you have gleaned from your students over the years as so many have come to you with all these great ideas about businesses that they want to run. And what have been some of your biggest takeaways since you've had, you know, you have interacted with so many of your students? And by the way, you teach a class where it's a highly rated class. It's hard to get into. I've talked to people that have been like, oh yeah, I had Professor Zweig and I loved his stuff and you know, he was well, amazing. So some of my peers uh, over there would probably say, Oh, they just like you because you're you're easy. <laughs> but anyway, I do make people write. I I don't make them just recant information that they've read that they could Google in two minutes. I just don't think that makes any sense. Yeah. But some of the things I think I've learned, I mean, that's an interesting question. One of them, I think, is just the determination of the student to do what it is that they lay out they want to do is the greatest determinant of whether they actually succeed or not. Really? Because the ones that have that insistence and in spite of any negative feedback they get, I mean, look, I'll be honest with you, I get plenty of negative feedback and I've been wrong many times. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
When Omar wanted to start Con Queso, he was going to do delivery and his logo was a turtle. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Okay. Yeah. But nevertheless, he did give up deliver on delivery and he, yet he created a very successful business. Right. Or Mo Elliott, Fayette Chill. I, he came to me as a sophomore. It's like, I want to do this thing called Fayette Chill. And, you know, I'm from Texas and it's flat and it's concrete and it's hot, you know, and now here we are in the Ozark Mountains and I've got these, all these other Texans and, we're sort of discovering the outdoors, but I want to call it Chill. And I'm like, basically, all I got was, here's a guy that's going to sell t-shirts. All we need is another freaking t-shirt company. Right. And he's going to tie it to a name, a word that's going to fall out of fashion. Like, who says they're chilling right now? Right. He did. Yeah. It's kind of like when I say groovy or something, and my <laughs> kids look at me like I'm from Mars. Was I wrong? Yes, I was wrong. But, you know... The ones that have the determination, they can pick and choose what they listen to as far as negative feedback from anybody or reasons why you can't succeed or why that's not such a great idea. And yet they prevail. Yeah. You know, it's just their sheer will and willingness to do whatever it takes when they're getting started to get the flywheel going. That is so critical, that intense effort early on. It's just like, you know, Justin Macedo, one of my students just bought um, Uncle Sam's Outfitter. Right. I, and I went in there. Yeah. He's, yeah. yeah. And that Ju- was a big deal. Justin, but that's buy, that's an example of buying an existing business. It is. He's going to do really well with that, though. Yeah. He's got just the right attitude. He's totally committed to it. He can throw his, all his time and energy and effort. He said he put all of, all of his due diligence into like studying the market and, mm-hmm. and looking at where what were the areas of weakness and how he could improve upon what was already there. And believe I mean, me, and he was quick to correct me too. And I was like, is that just an army surplus place? He was like, no, no, we're more no, than that. So that's right. I mean, he, we have that, but we have so much more. He's and, basically got like two markets. They really serve. Yeah. There. Yeah. You know, the army surplus is part of it. And then just basic the outdoor enthusiast market. Yeah. That's, you know, and that's going to grow. I mean, but yeah, I mean, it's just the, Intense desire and willingness to do the work that it takes. That's something that I've seen and, and witnessed and observed the, how well that works. And, um, you know, and I think there's a lot of other things. I think the students who know how to seek out the advice of other people, the ones who are really good at networking, the ones who will get out and go meet the bankers. Yeah. They're proactive. They reach out to the speakers that we bring in the class. Boy, those people, they all tend to be successful. Yeah. It's always a handful. Like you've had me come and speak to your class on just kind of building something from scratch. And I always tell the story of I am Northwest Arkansas and why I built this podcast in the first place, which has now become a business. And I have sponsors like Signature Bank. So speaking of banks and having those relationships, I I talk ad nauseum. And that's one of the things that I mentioned is the importance of relationships, right. having a you banker do. that you, you can go that. to, somebody like a Gary Head that you can just call up and ask a question and say, I hey, know. what do you think? Is Does this make sense? And he'll tell you right away, yes or no. And, you know, at least you can get a qualified response because just talking so to the peanut critical. gallery that you're surrounded around, which sometimes might be yep. the wrong group of people to go to for advice is not the answer. You have to surround yourself with people that have kind of been there. And and done that. And you got to reach out to them. Everybody's busy. But these students who are willing to do that and take the shot and go see somebody, call them, email them, 
seek out their advice. I mean, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's, yeah. So, you know, that's certainly is another really important quality of success. Yeah. It is. And, and again, it's, uh, to me, it's always all about relationships. And yeah. I think that is the beginning and the end of it. So it's just, if you are halfway decent at developing strong relationships, it will take you far. And I use this as an example because I basically leveraged your relationship with me to basically bring most of the people that I've brought on. You know, I started early on. And I tell the story all the time. It's like, I used you to get to like the first 10 people that I wanted to have on this podcast. And then you get those people. And, and, and then, to and the then next it just, yeah. So it was like, you know, so like yeah. I had Gary Head on, I had Bert right. Hannah on, I had all yep. these people that had yep. done amazing things. And the proof was in the pudding in terms of their work ethic and what they were capable of doing. But then I was able to leverage them and build relationships with them that I still have to this day. Yep. And, you know, and that's, I mean, that's just how you, you can do it. And it doesn't take long. We're talking three years. These are essential qualities. Yeah. It's like you've lived here forever, it seems. Right. You would think people, because people know? are like, are you yeah. from here? And I'm like, right. no, I've been here since 2014. Right. <laughs> so yeah. no, but I'm you're not. you're so good at that. Yeah. Okay. So. And that's, that is an essential quality. So, yeah. And I think the other thing, you know, the students that I have who are really good at writing, that's another important thing, yeah. you know, when you think about somebody like Ezekiel Tovar, yeah, yeah. he's working, um, he's, he's a on, hard worker. He works at the, Zwei Group. He works at Zwei Group now. He was a student. He's on the board of Bank OC. Yes. And he, this guy, he'll write handwritten notes after every meeting. Um, he's, he is always so gracious. He makes people just feel good. Yeah. And um, he is uh, just an amazing guy. And I think that quality is going to really serve him well. It will. It will. He, you know, he knows how successful. He, he and he knows how to how to how to communicate with people. So he's very, very successful in that in that way. Yeah. So and, and, you know, so, yeah, you see you see great communicators. You see people are willing to reach out and make relationships with people and get advice from people that they would perceive at a much higher level than them. Yeah. And then you see that just dogged determination to carry through on their vision, their idea. Um, it, it, it's, it, I, it, you know, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Really. Yeah. So basically um, you're, you know, if you put that work in, um, you could ultimately, you know, see the benefit of it at the end of the day. Yep. You have to do it. So yep. you have to do it. Well, Mark Zweig, thank you so much for for taking a few minutes to sit down with me. Um, the book is Confessions of an Entrepreneur, Simple Wisdom for Starting, Building, and Running a Business, written by Mark Zweig. If you're listening to this and you're a college student at the U of A, I really want to encourage you to see if you could take Mark's class. They're hard to get into because they fill up very quickly. But um, if you're up there on campus, um, I would encourage you to check out the class. And if not, if the, the next best thing is to go buy the book. Yeah. And uh, you can get it at, um, was it Pearl's Books and, and, and quite a few other places. Amazon. Yeah. And Amazon, of course. So, um, but I certainly want to encourage you to take advantage of that. And, um, you know, we have a, a, a tremendous resource right here in our own community in Northwest Arkansas that's making a difference. And he's written a book on how to game plan to get your business off the ground. So I encourage you to get this book. 
Um, you know, you may run into them or bump into them at a coffee shop somewhere like that and, and be able to ask them some questions. But um, <laughs> if nothing else, this book is a good starting point. So, yeah, you, know. you can always come by the house here. I live in uh, <laughs> the corner of Mission and Maple. Yes. The two barking white Pyrenees dogs, dogs and <laughs> yeah, miss pink them, plastic so. flamingos. Yes. If you're in the if you're in the yeah. Fayetteville area. So but um, but no, but seriously, though, the book is a great start. And and I'll make sure I put some um, contact information for Mark and how you can reach out to him on LinkedIn and and connect with him because, um, you know, you could do a lot worse. But but Mark's why I could certainly help you out. But Mark, I appreciate you as Thanks, always. Man. Thanks for being a friend. And uh, I appreciate you writing this book because there's actually there's some good stuff in here that's actually been very helpful for me. So thank you so much. Thank you, buddy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, folks, there you have it. Another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. As always, I enjoy bringing these episodes to you. Remember, our show comes out rain or shine every Monday. And uh, you can always write a review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And if if you'd like, I would really appreciate just dropping us an email to hello at I am Northwest Arkansas to let us know what you like about the show, what you like about the podcast, maybe a guest that you'd like to see on this podcast. We have a lot of great things happening in 2023 and we're really excited about those uh, about those programs that we're going to be running uh, that we're going to be running here at on the podcast. So I just want to encourage you to tune in. And if you're not on our mailing list, please be sure to do it. You can sign up for our mailing list right on our website at I am northwestarkansas.com. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn. And we'll see you back here next week. Peace. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Check us out each and every week, available anywhere that great podcasts can be found. For show notes or more information on becoming a guest, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. We'll see you next week on I Am Northwest Arkansas.